Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I always say the same fucking thing. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, and I was just about to try to say something else, but I don't know how to say something else because I hate intro. So I'm just going to do what I normally do, which is if you want to follow the show on Twitter, follow the show on Twitter at Strict Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you want to be on the show, I'm always looking for callers who have problems, who are looking for advice. Uh, if you want to be on the show and you have a problem and you want my unprofessional advice, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I like to talk to people with any kind of problem. It doesn't have to be about SEX, though those are always fun. It could be any kind of problem. Um, what else? If you want to buy my book, The Cartoon Misadventures of a Total Train Wreck, you could buy it. It's on Amazon. It's really fucking funny. And it's a good coffee table book. It's a good book to keep in the bathroom. It's a good book to just read a chapter here or there because each chapter is fucking funny. And it's like a love gone very wrong story. If you want to feel better about yourself and your relationships, just read my book because all of my relationships were always horrendous. (laughs) And that's what my book is um, about. So today on the call, I have a guy named Lance. Um, I did a part one and a part two and I've already taped both of them. I'm not sure which, I think I'm going to air the one more about sex this time. Um, he had an ad on Craigslist and he was just looking for someone to talk to about the fact that he was a little confused about his sexuality. He didn't know if he was bi or not. And then it turned out it wasn't really that he was confused whether he was bi or not. He just was trying to figure out where his sexuality and what he was into sexually, how that could fit into uh, a regular relationship because he's looking for a relationship. So we actually got, instead of talking about all his like interesting sexual history, which is very interesting, we the first time I spoke with him, we talked all about um, his relationship history, because that was very interesting too. And he's a pretty complex guy. We went on and on with that for about an over an hour that I was like, oh, we need to do a part two. So we taped another podcast and I got more into um, all the sexual stuff and like why he's confused or what, you know, what he's into that makes it difficult to find a relationship um, and what, you know, and that kind of stuff. So we did one more focus just on, you know, his sexual preferences and how that affects his life. And so that's the one I'm going to air today. Um, So stay tuned. I'm going to be right back on with Lance. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous. Hey, welcome to a strictly anonymous podcast. You're on the uh, call with, with Kathy. How are you? What are we calling you again? This is a part two, and I forget your name. Is it Lance? Or I mean, that's you a made up guy? my real name of Lance. That's your made up name, right? Lance. <laughs> my real made up name. Your real made-up name. Yeah, everyone's strictly anonymous. I don't give a shit. And I think that you told me after we spoke on the part one, because I, I said you're from some city that there's a lot of freaks, and you're like, oh, that's not really where you're from. So maybe you're from a place that doesn't have a lot of freaks. But let me just sort of summarize part one, because sometimes I think some people don't listen to all the podcasts, right? So some people might be listening to this one only. You had called in earlier on another podcast, and... um 
you we were supposed to sort of get into all of your sexual stuff because you what I responded to an ad on Craigslist was you saying that you felt like maybe you were bisexual and you just wanted to talk to someone about that. You didn't really know what your sexual you were sort of confused about it. And then that podcast turned into a whole thing about you wanting a relationship or getting a relationship and we got like really heavy into spiritual stuff and all this kind of stuff and I was just like you know there were so many other things I wanted to talk to you about so I'm like let's do a part two right so that's the part two where we're at so we might overlap and say some things that you know or go over some things that we went over in the first one but I don't care because I'll space them out enough that you know people won't give a shit do you know what I mean so let's, I do. Yeah. So let's start with your sexuality and your confusion about it, because that's what you said on the ad that I actually responded to. Um, so what's the deal with that? And what like why? What are you posting it on on Craigslist sort of looking for um, advice? Like, what are you confused about? You don't know if you're straight or bi or what's your deal? So I would frame it like this. The confusion isn't it's not a psychological confusion. It's sociological. I, I understand what my interests and my desires, I don't know where they fit in the group, meaning I don't know in terms of um, where that fits in my relationship with women. That's where I'm, I'm primarily attracted to women uh, romantically and emotionally, sexually attracted to a variety of things. Um, so, but I, and I'm comfortable in myself just, I've always struggled to know where that fits in relationship, where my desires fit. Okay, let me bring up some really early on memories that you had when you were younger. And let's start there because you said this on the first podcast and I just want to go over it again. You said when from like the time you were three or five or some like really young age, you knew for sure or you started to get the feelings that you were very like physically attracted to like being spanked and being peed on, right? Like those were one of two of your earliest memories. And then what that turned into is you eventually, I'm going to summarize what we went into again. You <laughs> eventually got into um, physically stimulating. I mean, for you jerking off as a, as a kid or as a younger person was all done through your asshole. I mean, there was no stroking your dick until you were like 16 years old. Right. So those were all of your like first sexual experiences. And then when you had a real sexual experience with a woman, she sort of treated you like shit and sort of humiliated you. So that shaming thing that was, happened to you or you were into very early on you experienced that with somebody you know when you were older and that still is a theme in your life right and so that's really where the confusion comes I'm assuming like you know you're trying to find a woman and have a normal relationship but you're worried maybe that some girl wouldn't be into those things as well and you're still into those okay. things right yeah you, you could say that yeah because those things um just to clarify to pick up from last time those things aren't just they're not just things that I'm mildly into. They now are part of how I relate to relationships. So mm-hmm. I'm not going away. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Now, let me ask yeah. you this. When you've had your other relationships in your life, now I know that, you know, you're in your 40s, you've never been married, but you've had relationships. What's your longest? What was the longest long-term relationship you ever had? Uh, six months. Six months, the longest. Oh, okay. For your whole life, no longer than six months ever. I, I mean, I've had ones that lasted five and then ended for three and then restarted again. And I but think months, we're never over a two year span. Oh, okay. So like off and on for two years or whatever. Have you ever had like any kind of long term booty calls? Like, you know, people that you just had sex with and that wasn't necessarily like an emotional relationship, but a sexual relationship that lasted longer? Uh, I've had some of those. The longest probably lasted two years and it was off and on. She was married. Right. Okay. So, but so in those relationships with those women that you've had in your life, have you ever brought up the stuff that you're into and had like a bad experience where a girl was like, what the fuck? Like, get out of here. Or have you never had the balls to sort of bring that stuff up? I always bring it up. Oh, okay, cool. And how does that go normally? <laughs> or when do you bring uh, <laughs> it up and how does it bring it up? And like, what happens? Sometimes, uh, sometime between either right before the first time we know we're about to be intimate where it's... You know, when you're starting a relationship and you're you're sure you're going to be naked with that person. Uh-huh. Sometimes anywhere from there to after the first couple times we have sex. It just depends on how strong our communication is. Right. And then uh, how do you I bring it up? Do like, and what do you start uh, with? Like, do you start with the peeing thing? Do you start with the dominatrix thing? Like, what do you lead with? Because <laughs> I'm just, maybe I, like there's a delivery problem. <laughs> early on, I always, when, whenever I'm getting to know a girl, I will drop hints to say, 
that I have, I'm not vanilla. So I, I always make that clear. And then mm-hmm. sometimes they know what that means. Sometimes they don't. So we talk and I say, yeah, I'm just, there's a variety of things that there's a variety of ways I relate to sex that would that might be unconventional to mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, oh, okay. And sometimes they ask more and sometimes they don't care. And if they don't care, I bring it up later to go into more detail, kind of force the subject. And if they do care, I just go right into it. And I started uh, explaining kind of how I've identified with sex since I was a child. Um, and I've never been, so to answer your original question, I've never been shot down. No one's right. ever said, oh my God, that's disgusting. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I usually get is when I start talking about the loss or the the exchange of power, that's kind of how I sum it all up. Um, that and the the fluidity of dominance and submission. Forget BDS and M, just right. the fluidity of sometimes wanting to be in either role all throughout the relationship. So when I start talking about that, and they this is a probably seventy percent of the time this is what happens. They mm-hmm. go, "Oh yeah, I like that. I've always wanted a guy to tie me up." And they go right into, or lately, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, all here. Oh, yeah, like Fifty Shades of Grey. I love that. And, you know, yeah. But that's backwards. Want you you want exactly. that. Right. That's, we, we did I, touch on that. Well, like, I want an interchange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ideally, the girl has to be interested in the dominant side. And she could be only dominant and then neutral or dominant and sometimes submissive, but she cannot be 100% submissive, which is what I usually find. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So normally, so have any of the like submissive girls because they liked you, you know, because I know how women are. Normally they're very hopeful and most girls, if they really like a guy, they try to, you know, get into what they're into to make it work. Right. Like, have you had some of these women like sort of try to do it and it just didn't work? Like, how does it normally play out afterwards? Because you said that most of them don't say that they're not into it and they don't shoot you down. So what happens after they don't shoot you down? Well, they don't shoot me down. And to answer your question, no, to, the first thing you said, women are absolutely adaptable far more than men. Right. Mm-hmm. However, you can only adapt to what you're capable of. And I think because I've attracted such submissive women in my life, what I get is, oh, my God, oh, yeah, I, I don't judge that at all, but I could never do that. And I go, okay. And that's the end of the dialogue. And I've heard that many times. Mm-hmm. Oh, they listen, they listen. They're like, no, no, tell me more. I'm glad you're telling me this. So I open up more, and they're like, oh, yeah, tell me more. I open up more and I'm like, so what do you think? And they're like, it's fascinating. I'm so glad you told me all this. Oh, I could never do that with you, but I really appreciate you telling me. Did you ever then, try, let me ask you, because you're an older guy, right? And you've been around the block and you, <laughs> I, I'm assuming you dated a lot of women, but you know, none of them really stuck, but you probably have ex- a lot of experience with women. Like, do you, have you ever tried a different approach? Whereas maybe like you didn't talk about it so much and you just maybe brought it up like in the heat of passion or try, you know what I mean? Like, yes. cause maybe it's like yes. too intellectualized. Yeah, I've done that too. Uh-huh, uh, I've tried where right. I just like, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow, let the chemistry drive it, and when it comes right. up, it comes up. Mm-hmm. Same, same result. Same result. In fact, yeah, in fact, I found that, wow, that was a bad investment of time. I should have just found that up front um, because, yeah, the, the the way I'm shot down, it's not it's not shot down, it's not the right word because it sounds like it's, I've been degraded. Like, fuck you. It's not like that at all. Of course, it's, right. I've never had anybody be rude to me. Women aren't like that. I mean, I wouldn't find a lot of women would actually be that way, even if they're horrified by something. You know what I mean? Unless I had lied. If right. I had misrepresented, mm-hmm. which I never do. Right. I'm very, I kind of drop hints. I foreshadow it all the way through. But mm-hmm. yes, I've not found, I've, I've found that withholding it is worse. Because totally. Then I've invested three or four months to get nothing. Yeah, I have to say this on this podcast to my listeners who are a lot of them are guys like men don't understand this. And even with me saying it, they're still not going to believe me because I've done this with a lot of guys in my life. Men don't understand that if you're completely honest with women, you get a whole lot more. They just can't believe that so many guys think you got to fucking lie and play some game. You know what I mean? And they don't really get that. Honestly, women will stick around and do a lot more with you and be way cooler if you're completely honest honest with them, regardless of what that honesty is. Do you no, know I, what I, mean? I would say that's a human nature thing. I, I've found the same with the other, the other way around. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Well. It, right. I think, mm-hmm. I think you're right, though, and I think women are capable of adapting to more than men. Yeah, a lot um, of guys just so think that, why. oh, in order to get down a girl's pants, I got to pretend that I like her and I'm not a player. But like, you know what, if you're a player and I know a lot of women and girls know that like a lot of times maybe they because they liked you, but they know there's no future. They'll still fuck you if you're honest about it. But if you play games and then you make it like you're lying, then a girl gets all caught up in that nonsense and then she's less likely to put out. Whereas maybe if you just put it out there, and let her know you really don't want a relationship. A lot of times you'll still get that girl.
girl and you'll get her in a better way. And I've seen that happen a million times. But anyway, let's get back to you. So you these girls. So you've never. Okay, let me ask you this, though, because you have put it out there on Craigslist like this ad that I found, which was, hey, I might be buying. I need someone to talk to. Um, Have you ever used Craigslist to sort of find a woman that's into what you're into? Yeah. Yeah. And and what happened with that? You just got gay Um, guys. I mean, (laughs) yeah, a lot of women on Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah, there are. uh, And they're. because I, I, I'm, yes, the answer is yes, not just Craigslist. I've used internet dating to match with women who are into what I'm into. Right, like you've so got on FetLife and all different places. Yes. Okay, what have you when, found? When you wear that as your billboard, then that becomes your brand. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem because that isn't really my brand. It's a component. So right. it's like, that's what you're, it's like the casting, I don't fish, but let's pretend so that I can use this metaphor. You know, if you throw a, a certain type of bait out there to get a certain kind of fish, you're going to get that fish. Exactly. Whereas, but if you can't continue to feed them that thing, that they're well, that, that metaphor fell apart. But no, I know what you're talking about. Like what you're saying is yeah. like then it just becomes like just all about sex, and it's just that person yes. is just one sided, and that's all that it is, right? And it just yeah. you get, and maybe yeah. and I think you mentioned this on the first podcast. A lot of like women that are are into it, maybe from those websites that maybe have a relationships all already, they're just sort of looking for an outlet for like a sexual outlet. They're not necessarily looking for the other things that you're looking for, which is a full relationship, right? So when yeah. you go on a sex website, it's just like you're just, most people are just looking for sex and maybe they have their other needs met elsewhere. You're they're looking. That or they're just. Right. They're looking for that one dimension. Right. And when I was younger, that would have, it, it kind of worked for me a little bit when I was younger because I, I, I was happy just exploring that physically, but it doesn't work. I'm 45. I, well, I know it's not just the age, it's my maturity level. I, I can't just have that dimension. I want multiple dimensions. Right. You want more you know, from, you want, you're actually looking for a relationship at this point in your life. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get married. Right. But you want to, you, you're not going to settle because you're fine on your own. You're not sort of desperate for that. Right. And it's just like, but you, so of course it's very important for you to have somebody who not only is compatible with you emotionally and as your friend and all those things, they have to be compatible with you sexually and sexually you're a little out of the box, right? You want a woman yeah. who's very dominate, dominating in the bedroom, but submissive as a as a in the relationship, right? Or you're equal, but not a total domineering personality, right? I do have a domineering personality. You but do, not- but you don't want the girl to have it is what I'm saying. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. I like a balance, except right. in the bedroom, it, it can be 50-50, or I'm sorry, it still be a balance. That is a balance, mm-hmm. or I can just completely surrender. And let me ask um, you this. Do you want the girl to allow you to sleep with guys, or do you believe that you could be, because you are, we haven't got into the bisexual thing yet, but you are bi, right? You have been with guys, and you do like like that kind of, a, you do enjoy men as well. You don't want a relationship with a guy. You want the relationship with a girl. Do you want a relationship with a girl who will allow you to sleep with guys? Is that a, a, a deal breaker for you? or is... If I were to state the ideal world, I would want a woman who want, they can just, it's, allow isn't the right word. It would be, she wanted that because she wanted to do it as well. Mm-hmm. Where maybe she was dating the guy and and it was part oh. of our role play where she was dominant and you and having him and then I was occasionally allowed in there as well. As part right, of and that goes down. Right, right. I'm sure there's women that are into that. Like, and she's the one that's making you two like sort of fuck each other or whatever. Um, yeah, she's directing. Would you care if yeah. she fucked other guys? No, I'm far more monogamous than I expect from my partner. I I would rather just be with her and maybe someone she selects. Or, but, um, And it's not that I, let's not say I don't care. It's that I don't take that. If it's part of our dynamic, 
that she will pursue another guy or whatever she wants, a girl, and it's sort of built into our relationship, then it's part, it actually contributes to the dynamic. If right. it's something she does on the side and has nothing to do with me, then I'm not sure that that works for me. Right. If it's like that, a cheating scenario when she's having some sort of a relationship with someone behind your back, that's a different story. But if it's a part of your guy's sexual experiences, you're open to that. Like it wouldn't freak you out to see her fuck another guy, but you want to fuck other guys. No, like, I'm not, I would, right. I'd be turned on. If she right. recognized mm-hmm. it, yeah, that would be a great thing. I'd like that a lot. I have a like guy. You should, you're going to be very it. jealous about this one guy that I talked to. I have a guy and he was like married, been there, done that, had the white picket fence and like, you know, in his later life found a woman and she had been married and everything and they were I think in their 50s and they he was by and was very just like you very monogamous he had one guy that even monogamous like with guys you know what I mean he didn't want to be and very like into a real relationship but he happened to find a woman who was into I forget if she fucked the guys too but he was allowed to have this guy and have her and they were like swingers and he had exactly what you're looking for. So I do believe that it exists, right? But I think that it's definitely harder. Now, you don't want to have a relationship with a guy, right? Like you, when Correct. you say you're confused, the, yeah. Yeah, and we let's we have to draw a distinction. You use the word swinger. I would never consider myself that or this experience swinging because swinging tends to be about a this, group. Um, multi, yeah, this multiplicitous sexual experience with multiple people that's not my thing. So, my well, what you want, if you want yeah. to bring a guy, say you meet the girl, right? And she's like, what yeah. you want. She's the dominatrix. She will let you fuck guys. Like, what do you want to do on the guy side of things? Do you want one guy to be involved or do you want random guys? Like, how do you experience? Because I get that you're very monogamous when it comes to women. How is your guy, How is your situation with guys? Like, what do you like variety when it comes to men or do you like the same guy? Oh. Uh, if a woman is in the mix and she's driving it, I'd like her to pick the template. If I'm, if I'm sort of like, she's like, oh, I don't have any opinion, you know, go do your own thing on the side, which is not my ideal, then I do have a particular type. And yes, I would go, I would much prefer to have just one dude. Yes. Right. But what if she, but if you're with the woman and she's involved, what is the perfect threesome for you? Is it like random guys all the time? Is it a guy that no. you, is it the it's same guy? It's a regular guy? guy that she has, she has an emotional connection to and a sexual one. And I find him attractive too. I don't need to know him very well. I'd rather, you know, in fact, it'd be better if I didn't. Oh, I, you I like might be it. into, what is those relationships called? Polyamorous? What is it called? Not polyamorous. It's no. more like a cuckolding relationship. Because um, you want, where, you want to be the second, per, like you don't want to be the main guy. You want to sort of be the side guy, but have a relationship with her. Like you want her to have a relationship with the guy and you want to come in and sort of, because you want a relationship okay. too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, you have to understand, even in cuckolding relationships, even though it appears that the guy is being degraded, he seems to be secondary, it's actually a very, it's really focused on him because it's his fantasy that's being lived out. Mm-hmm. But just for, for clarity, I don't want that full time. I just like that. That's, you asked how would I want to experience a third or a guy in the mm-hmm, relationship? Mm-hmm. That's how. Um, and we could do that for a couple of months and then go back to our lives and then try but it again. you want you know, her to fun. have, it's important though for you, ideally you said you want her to have an emotional relationship with him as well, right? It would be better. Yes, it would turn me on better if she's... Interesting. Yeah, but otherwise, what's the, what's she getting out of it? Um, well, she can connect to me. That's great because we our bond grows. But, you know, women don't relate to sex in the same way. So if I don't think she's really enjoying it, I'm not going to enjoy it either. I I have to see that. Well, but maybe she's just enjoying it for the sex, just like you. Listen, you told me in the first. Yeah, you told me in the first podcast that you enjoy men sexually, but you don't, you know, connect with them emotionally. You would never want to date. You know what I mean? So maybe she would be able to draw that line with you where she would be with you but just want to do the whole cuckling thing with the other guy and it would just be sexual with him i'll give you an example there are some boundaries so i do have a close friend who i've never met her in person but we've been pen pals for like nine years now Mm -hmm. and she's into very much these same things and when we framed how it would all work when we've talked about maybe you know living near each other um it's uh, her other men, her third, her other guys are always guys who are just younger than her that she, she likes them. She's drawn to them, but she would never take them seriously in terms of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy she's interested in for a long-term relationship, but they would be props, so to speak, that she liked, but they're bedroom toys. Mm-hmm. 
So why and why does she live nine miles? Why are you fr- like? Why is she so far away? And why have you not met? And why is this talk for nine years? And why haven't you guys gotten it all? Oh, I, I, that's a that's a narrative. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get into country. that because uh, oh, exactly. at another country. But yeah, that's going to speak to the whole thing where what I went into in the first podcast, which is I think you're like commitment phobic and sort of have a thing with relationships. And you did sort of agree to it on some level, but I don't want to make this podcast totally about that because we already talked about that. Right. Um, but so she lives in another country. She kind of is somebody that's into what you're into. You guys talk about it. You figured out how it would work between you two, but it's never happened yet. You've never even met her. Correct. I can't be talking on the phone a lot. We used to talk every day, but I can't work in her country. Mm-hmm. Um, well, could so she work here? I don't have a career there. She can't. She cannot move here. She's got um, children who cannot leave their father, who's local to that area. So okay. we're at an impasse. I can't. I don't know. Okay, forget about her. It's not going to happen anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't want to get into your commitment issues, but I mean, it's not a coincidence that the one girl <laughs> that is perfect for you lives in another fucking country. Same with her. If I talked to her, I'd be like, yeah, duh. Like, of course, every guy is too young. It doesn't fit. And the one guy that's perfect for you lives in another country. You know what I mean? Nine years later, you're still fucking talking about it. But let's go back to like, cause you're like, you're here, you're in America right now. And like, you actually do want a relationship. You're done with, you know, that nine, that girl's not enough for you. Like you, you want something in real life, right? So you've tried online dating. It didn't sort of work. You're doing Craigslist now sort of putting out there like you might be bi. And what are you trying to attract on there? Are you looking more for a guy to hook up with? Or are you hoping that a woman sort of sees that ad and reaches yeah. out to you? So look, to be clear, I put the ad in, um, uh, the tonic and oh, you I did. have okay. gotten a lot of responses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I was looking for a woman to talk to. Right. And what I seek from that is just resonance. Someone who wants to discuss this topic, not necessarily, I'm um, see, remember what I said, if I put an ad out saying I'm looking for this kind of sex, exactly. You're going to get a right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what I'd rather have is someone who just wants to relate on that topic and then we can talk about all kinds of things. And that's what I have gotten. I do tend to get interesting responses. Um, one or two times that I've posted that ad uh, over the last few years, I've gotten, I've actually had dates come out of it, but I haven't found a relationship out of it. It is just one technique, one way of getting the message out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so, but do you still do regular online dating as well right now in your yes. life just to, okay. Yeah. And how long do you okay, wait? Cuban. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And how long do you wait, like, before you sort of bring up yourself? Do you talk about the whole? I think it's harder to find. I think the dominatrix thing is not so bad. Um, the peeing thing may be fine. I think the worst thing or the hardest thing, I think you have to get a girl that's like sort of is the guy thing. Right. Like yeah, a girl that's open. Right. That's probably where a lot of girls are like, oh, no, that's maybe crossing a line. Right. I know one of the things. you. Yeah. One of the things you said in the last podcast is actually they usually go together. If you can find a girl who's really, really into dominating a guy, um, chances are she's also into male bisexuality. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, those mm-hmm. things go together. Right. Um, it's just finding. But for me, the, the 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 holy grail has always been finding that woman. Who also has a similar life to me? She, you know, I'm educated. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really like you can you know that women like that exist, but you're looking for the the right relation. You're looking for a real relation, not just sexual. So it has to all the stars have to align, and that's always hard yeah. with anyone, right? Because the right, yeah. you know, it's that's why I think people settle down and stick with one person when they finally find it, because it's hard to find. If it was easy to find the right the the one, right, nobody would ever settle. Yeah, I found- if I didn't have these this sort of sexual um, oddity, I would have. I've met many, probably ten women in my life who I would have married. They were just wonderful women, vanilla. I mean, all vanilla. Like that, too, vanilla, right? Interesting. I do believe though that compatible. Mm-hmm, right now, let me ask you about. So when you, I remember we talked about this in the first podcast, but I forget. How old were you when you lost your virginity with a woman? Twenty. And then, how old were you when you lost your virginity with a guy? Thirty six. Somewhere in there. 
I think about 36. Yeah. Right. It was with a transsexual the first time. And now I had a podcast recently about a gay guy and I learned all about tops and bottoms because I didn't really know. I thought maybe the people would switch around, but normally with the, in the gay community and I'm assuming it's the same with bisexual guys, like someone's really like a top or bottom. What are you again? As far as that's concerned, I'm a bottom. you're with a bottom. Men, always a bottom. Always a bottom, right? So you like to get fucked in the ass. And that's uh, that stems, of course, from like those early days where you were like shoving things up your ass when you were a little kid, right? I mean, that's what you just like that. Just you just figured that out, right? Did that happen by accident? I forget how you figured out that you liked things inside your ass. It, it, I wouldn't know. It, it happened by nature. I don't know if we call that accident. Mm-hmm. I discovered it like you discovered your vagina. Or we no, I mine you. was by accident. Like a pencil oh. just wound up there on my clit and no one had moved around and I was like holy fucking shit I mean I wasn't doing it on purpose I don't think but I mean you laugh maybe I'm wrong I don't know well I mean I accidentally fell on a man's penis and it went inside me and <laughs> yeah but you were 36 I started moving up and down come on you were 36 yeah, that's bullshit I'm talking okay, when okay. I was like well, five I mean I was real I was like a little kid that didn't know what the hell was okay. going on so you well, were and you were I mean I, I'm debating Okay, well, you let's talk about the let's just bring this up because people might have not heard it on the first podcast. The, one of the first <laughs> memories you have is you put something up your ass when you were really little. It was a it was like something off of your bicycle and you were like running around naked and it felt really good. And your parents were like horrified by it. Right. But you did it out in Correct. public because you didn't know anything was wrong <laughs> with it. Yeah. And I don't know. I already knew that, put, that touching my anus felt good. Maybe from wiping, or you're, who knows? You know, we, we're we're touched in that area by other people from the time we're infants, and I always thought it felt good. I must have because when I stuck that thing in my butt at age three, I already knew it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and then but so, you and then when did you start sort of using that and like masturbating, like you purposely, know. more consciously? Yeah, I'd say Bobby by age five. I was and to to refresh, I didn't really identify sexual feelings with my. I identified them with my ass. So mm-hmm. whenever I would feel sexual, I would go to my ass. I would put things in there, finger myself, and that's what I did. I would lay on my stomach and do that. Well, and you or, talked about how you didn't know that, like you sh- you were supposed to stroke your dick, right? So, like, were you able no to come? Like, were you coming when you were no, doing those things to your ass, or just pre- you were just getting erections and just sit? St- I was I was getting erections and I would pre-come, but I didn't even know that an ejaculation was a possibility. I didn't really understand the whole thing. There was, right. Remember, we didn't have video porn in the 70s. Well, right. we did, but I didn't see it. Right. I didn't know. But so you, were you getting blue balls? I mean, that was that painful? I forget what you said. I know I asked you. Um, it, it wasn't because I was young, and I think you can handle it when you're 12, 13, 14. Around the time I was um, 15 or so, right near the, when I first learned to ejaculate, I was starting to get painful, like... Blue balls really just feels like a headache in your testicle. That's what it feels like. And right. Yes, we're starting to get that. And yeah. then how did you figure out, oh, my God, I'm supposed to rub this and then some jizz comes out? <laughs> like, when did that I, happen? I was reading the penthouse forum about a guy masturbating. You remember letters to penthouse? And uh-huh, he totally. Described, I had read articles about guys masturbating or stories. We should call them stories. Fiction. And But this guy actually explained the motion. And I, and I was reading it thinking, oh. And so I tried it. And I did it, the repetitiveness, he actually used the word repeated motion, and I ejaculated. And I, and I was blown away, and I did it again, and I was like, oh my God, that's what everybody's been talking about all these years. Interesting, though, that I still think, and I know that, I don't know, because I was having sex when I was 15, I still think like that's a really late age, even though there's no porn or whatever, to, like, in all those times alone in your room, all those times things rubbed up against your dick, because I think I brought this up too before, like, that you never realize, like, oh, I just, like, move this around, and then, you know, I could come. Like, you don't find that there, there was maybe some sort of little, a slight block there somewhere? Yeah, maybe. But to this day, like, if if you were going to give me a blowjob or rim me, uh-huh. Uh, rimming me feels better. It's still far more nerve endings and more sensation on my ass than on my cock. In fact, I don't really, I don't love getting a blowjob. It's okay. It feels good, but I would rather have sensation on the other side of my body. Right. But don't you think that maybe you formed those little like sort of connections when you were younger because you, that's when you were having all those sexual, those first sexual experiences and that's, you put those connections together. I know for me, a clitoral, you know, stimulation is much more powerful for me 
than a vaginal one because that's all I ever did when I was younger. That's where all my sexuality came from the top. But when I first had sex and the guy was going so low down, I'm like, where the fuck are you going? Like I was used to being stimulated up farther on my vagina. Do you understand? So like I think that when we when we start in those early times sort of you know, sexually stimulating ourselves, we make the connection of what, because, you know, it's like practice makes perfect. Like you were like using your ass constantly. So of course, because there's plenty of guys that find it far more pleasurable to get blowjobs than to have a rim job. Some guys don't feel anything in their ass, you know, so it's not like that the cock doesn't have any nerve endings. It's just yours doesn't get as stimulated probably because you didn't wire yourself that way. Don't you think that it has something yeah, to do with it? That's a very postmodern way of looking at how biology works. It may be true. Maybe we do construct our own sexual mm-hmm. sensations at that age. Or maybe it's just how I was naturally constructed. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, come um, on. I mean, I mean it's, right. it, I it's, the chances are because like the facts are that you were like just stimulating your ass from the time you were five to the time you were 15. I mean, that's a good 10 years. That's a long time chunk of time do you know what i mean so it it seems but that's not evidence that that i constructed that that nature didn't construct that it's just just, you're right though but i don't know did i do that or did did i only discover my ass because that's really what my body was telling me right and what about the pee thing how do you know that the pee thing turned you on like how did that play out at such a young (laughs) age i don't that's a it's less it's more of a mystery i only have one vague memory of being about three or four and playing in a closet with this little girl and we both had just peed and she pulled down her pants and was and like peed a little bit and showed me and um and I was just so attracted to that. Uh, mm-hmm. that's all I remember. But I've I've never not been attracted to that. And I don't know if that was the start of it. I don't know. I just always found that erotic. Right. Always. And now did you ever get a girl to do that with you? Have you ever lived out your peeing fantasy or have you just sort of lived it out in your fantasies in your mind? Or okay, with yeah, a guy? I've done that with no, that doesn't turn me on with a guy. That's a that's only from females, right? And yeah, I've done that. Sure. So you have found girls that will pee on you. Yeah, let's be clear to the audience, though. Not like random girls. Hey, I'm looking for a stranger. No, it has to be you know within the confines of a, someone I trust, and I have to be turned on, and she has to be as well. Yes, I've done that. My face, my mouth, my body, whatever. You like yeah, to I drink like it. it too. Um, I have done that. It has to be. It's like swallowing cum from a guy. You can't just do it randomly. Well, you can when you're 15, but you know when you're a girl giving your first blowjob, if you're really, really emotionally drawn to the guy, that's not an issue for I think a lot of us. If mm-hmm. you're not, you don't you don't really want their semen in your mouth. It's the same with piss. If I'm really into the girl and I'm very you know attracted, it's not an issue. If she wants me to swallow it, I swallow it. If she doesn't, I don't. It's kind of like what turns her on. Right, I get it. But you're into that because there is something else that you were into, like a shaming, that spanking yeah, shaming yeah. thing, right? So the peeing on the face and the in your mouth, like there's a, some sort of shame involved in that too, right? Isn't that a part of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, if she's just doing it and we're like having a nice time, that's not fun for me. It has to be in a bit of a degrading act. Like she has to do it as an act of dominance. Otherwise, it, yeah, it doesn't doesn't have the effect. I need to be in a submissive role for that to be enjoyable. Right, and yeah. you you let so submissive to you is like I guess maybe that's what it always is to everybody. There's a shaming aspect to it, like that's what submission is. It is to men. Female submissives don't cite shame as something they're drawn to. For them, it's control and loss of power. Mm-hmm. Most, I think, male submissives tend. So here's a, here's something too for your to think about. Male submissives tend to be drawn to the sense to shame and emasculation specifically. Female submissives don't want to be defeminized. They want to be degraded, objectified, and controlled, but they don't want to lose femininity or be shamed. But some right. do. I'm not going to, but most don't. Right. Because I've played both sides. And women, it's typically like get tied up, get controlled, be, be disciplined, but shame them like they would be like urinate on a girl no no no. rarely you'll ever find a girl who wants that or girls who want the reverse of cuckolding they want to watch you fuck another girl no 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 no. it's now let me ask you this do you as far as the peeing thing is concerned is it mostly because you want to be dominated and you want to be shamed so the peeing thing is like you want people to pee on you are you into doing it to them or no i had one i dated one girl who wanted me to do it to her and um i it didn't was not appealing to me the same way I don't, I don't like coming in a girl's face 
Like if I'm going to come, even if I'm in a dominant role, that, that doesn't appeal to me. So now it, not, it only as very submissive does it appeal to me. Right, right. So that's really, so like you say, and you said this early on, that like what you're into is very much a part of yourself at this point in your life. You know exactly what you like. You've been there, done that, right? So you're very yeah. specific, right? And so, yeah. I mean, I do believe, like I said, that there's women that are into that and you cop to that, right? You've met women, but the problem is you're not looking for them just to be into that sexually. You're looking for <laughs> that same woman to fall in love with and to get married yeah. and whatever, you know, and have that white picket fence, you know, and that's more the issue, right? Is finding that girl that you connect with intellectually. Cause like you say, you're very educated and you're smart, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and have that same yeah. woman be into being open to you being bisexual and all that other stuff. Open. You mean she has to desire that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's gotta be her thing. Just like yeah. it's your thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what are you, so you're on online dating, right? You're on Craigslist mm-hmm. sort of looking for women and that might be a way for you to make friends with a woman and then maybe, like you say, you're not leading with the sex thing like you're looking for someone so that weeds out those women that are just looking for a one-night stand, right? Do you have anybody that's yeah. like a contender right now in your life? Uh, no, I did as of until like four hours ago. <laughs> so, oh my God, no. please tell me that story because I'm going to pick well, it apart. So the... The ad you responded to, another young lady responded, not young, she's my age roughly. We went on a couple dates, really, really hit it off. Um, it was good, good chemistry, and she was, um, I would say, in the BDSM world, you'd call her a switch. She liked it both ways, but she was actually more interested in being dom- dominant. So that was all, and she was very, very open, and actually not just open, she was really interested in everything of that. We were aligned in that way. Mm-hmm. We were not aligned in other ways, though. She lacked an education. Very intelligent human, though. But um, uh, and then I came to learn, later learn she had a couple felonies. She couldn't ever get a real like a like a proper job. Now I'm not blaming her for that. I blame the system. It shouldn't be that way. But she was just in such a different place in life and can't really do the things I'm doing and um, and hasn't been really pursuing what I've been pursuing for the last 20 years. There was enough. We we just don't have enough in common outside of the bedroom. So. And how long did you know her for before you found out all that? And how many dates had you been on her, with her? Two dates. Two Um, dates? Lots of dialogue. Yeah, two dates, many phone calls. She lives uh, 30 minutes from me. Um, Lots of emails, lots of phone calls, lots of texting. Gotten to know each other. I would say we probably are still friends. There was nothing negative. It was a very positive, really got to know each other. uh, yeah, uh, a lot of connection, a lot of openness, very good communication. So, um, but, but I think, and I think she recognized there was lack of compatibility. She did acknowledge that. But where was the lack of compatibility? I get that maybe you don't like the way, like, what is the, how does like her not like her past have to do with like compatibility now? Like, how did that play out in the fact that you would not think you guys were compatible? Uh, okay. Well, um, I, I don't want to give out too much because of anonymity, but um, I'll just leave it at say she's a heavy drug user, and I didn't really. Once I started realizing to the uh, degree that she was, I realized that, that that's where I'm headed in my life. Right, she's so, totally into that now. No, that's a problem if somebody's like really into drugs and are doing it, and you're not, you know, especially if you're looking for a relationship. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, that's not really. Yeah. How old was she? She's thirty-seven. Right. Wonderful person, and I don't mean drugs like uh, like meth. It's not like that. She's do she does some psychedelics for meditation purposes, but the amount she's doing is just not my thing. I don't. I'm not pursuing that in my life. I'm not going to relate to someone well if they're constantly tripping to you know get insight. It's just not where I am. Yeah, no, that's a certain type of person, and she probably loves that stuff, and she would probably never give it up. And it's probably like, I don't, yeah, you know, maybe. she's probably like not an I addict think, or has a drug problem. Like you said, it's just she just uses it for that purpose. And she probably like, you know, probably really works for her. Yes. Her last boyfriend died of an o- overdose. I didn't when I found that out, too, I, st- I started putting it together in my head. This is what she's typically attracted to as well. So she does drugs. That's definitely like a deal breaker. I totally get that. Um, so you have no other prospects, right? But that's what you're looking for. And that's what that ad is about online, right? Um, the ad is about, yeah, it's, it's not about that It's well, yes, it's about finding some kind of resonance with people who, well, women who can relate or understand. Right. So when you say you're confused about your sexuality, you're not confused. Like, you know, like you're into guys, but you have no 
interest in having an emotional relationship with them. You know that you're interested in women and what exactly how you're interested in them, as well as, you know, that's who you emotionally attach to. And you're looking for that in your life because you're older and you want to settle down. Um, so really what you're confused about is how to find somebody who is compatible with you. Yeah. Or even if there is that, is, is it, there is. Listen to my podcast. I can give you two guys on my podcast alone who have exactly what you're looking for. And those are just two people they're that called into my show. They are men, but they're, yeah. <laughs> but no, but they're bisexual please. men that have women that are totally into it, that get off on that. And they're yeah. like a very similar to you. Okay, well, evidence of, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a hard time, but evidence of that it exists is to say, I had two women called looking for that same thing. That's, that's, that's a more viable. What's the same evidence. thing? What are you talking about? The same thing? Uh, it is the same. I don't know what you mean. What, where are we, where's the disconnect of what we're, we're not talking about the same thing? What do you mean the same thing? Uh, well, I mean, when somebody says, oh, I know it exists. I know two guys. That's like, well, I'm not looking for guys. I'm looking for. Yeah, no, they're guys are. like you that have the kind of woman you're looking for. A woman yes, who's open words, to them being bisexual and being with one man on the side and they're into it and they're very monogamous and they have a very loving relationship, but they're on the same page sexually as yeah. well. And they have very normal, good relationships. So yeah. if uh, what I'm saying is if there's all those people in the world and I've already bet two just on my podcast, which is a lot considering, imagine how many more people there are out there. If those two guys could find it, you certainly can. I think sometimes when you think it's not possible, then it just won't be. We got into all that garbage. I'm not going to get into that as well uh, here, yeah. but I think I do believe, and I've said this a thousand times on my podcast, like if you do that, there's somebody for everybody you know, just watch an episode of Intervention and you'll see somebody drooling in a puddle and you'll see her partner come out and save her. So if so a drooler, you know, a drug addict drooler who's like a d d fucking useless. I mean, there's people with no legs that are in wheelchairs with half of a body and they partner up and have babies with somebody. I mean, like, you know, every, but there is somebody for everyone. So I don't believe that there isn't that person that exists for you. It's harder to find. Yeah. But when you find it, you know, it'll be that much better because it is very rare and you're more likely to sort of stick with it and not take it for granted, right? Because you know how hard it is to find somebody. But that woman definitely exists. I believe in that fully, you know, for sure. I mean, yeah. are there any things that I, you decide to throw out the window as far as like, okay, you know what? Like I take this and this and that. And if I can't find a girl that's into that, maybe I could give that up. Like just so that it sort of increases your chances. Well, if you want to like assemble like a buffet, yeah, I don't have to have a girl who has to piss on me. I mean, right. the fundamental thing or, or do every single nuance of every one of my fantasies, because that's not realistic. It, the fundamental thing is that we can discuss things and she's interested in at least the dialogue. And we can't, if we can't connect on it, there's nothing. Like, no, but you had a lot thing. of women. No, no, no. But you had a lot of women in the past that you said that could connect in the dialogue. But when it came down to the act of it, they just were, they just couldn't go there. It wasn't a part well, of them like it is a part I of would, you. Yeah, and I would say, I don't even think that's what, I, yeah, they understood me. Like they knew the words I was saying. But they could not relate whatsoever, and to me, that was enough. But that's a disconnect. Mm -hmm. um, but like, let me ask you this: like, I mean, so a girl could maybe not piss on you, but the are the things that you definitely have to have is definitely a girl has to be into the, you know, a dominant person in the bedroom as well as open to you being bisexual. Are those two things that you were would never give up for a relationship? Correct. It would right. be very difficult for me to not have. I don't know how I would be satisfied if I. If no, I that's cool. Yes. I think Some as long time. as you know exactly what you want, you put that out there, it's like intention, you know, and it's like if that's exactly what you want and you're not settling for anything less and you want a relationship and that has to be included, you could find that. I do I do believe. If you don't believe that that person exists, then it's going to be harder to find for sure. Because, I agree. You yeah. know, but if you believe and you know, because it's not like you're looking for 20 people to match that criteria, you're looking for one, you know. So the chances are with all the people in the world, I mean, it's actually like more unrealistic to say that it doesn't exist. Like that's actually statistically more 
of a stretch. Yeah, you know what I mean? You. So uh, the fact that it, you need one person, there's probably hundreds of thousands of people that could fit into that category. You just have to just keep out there. You know, it's probably a numbers game with you. You just have to keep dating and 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 dating and dating and dating until you meet that one person who is right and who fits. You know, you're 44 years old. That's young for a guy who want to get married. You could still have kids, you know, and have that relationship that you want. So I think it's great that you're putting you know, a lot of effort into doing it now at this age, because in the next year or two, like you could definitely find that person if you just keep at it. I think you have to just keep trying. And I brought this up in the first podcast because I I look at like what happened with me with the baby situation is very hard for me to have a baby. And what I did was I just keep trying until I had the baby and, you know, I had to change plans. I had to change routes. I had to do a lot of different things to find, to have, make that happen. But the, the goal, the, what I learned is that when you want something, you just keep trying until you get exactly what you want. And, um, and that's what you have to do. You, there's no way if you just keep dating women and look and date all avenues, I think it's great that you're dating on regular websites that you've been on those fet what you know those other like fetish websites as well as you're on Craigslist doing you know the ad that you have now. I think that's great. Put out as many feelers and as many you know sort of baits out there right to get as many women in yeah. because the chances are eventually you're gonna find that perfect fit. I believe there's somebody for everyone. I absolutely do, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I and so like I wish you luck. Look, this is the part two, so we'll definitely have a part three when you get in a relationship that's longer than six months. But let's hear about your relationship when it's two months in, so maybe we can save you from like ending it anytime early soon. Because sometimes there is a part of me that believes that maybe there's like commitment issues that are going on with you, just because of I hear certain things and I had commitment issues, so I totally. I, I, I know my people. Do you know what I mean? And I hear there's always certain things with people who have commitment issues that there's always sort of similarities that I see. But we got into that a lot in the first podcast, so we don't need to get into it now. But I think that you're if you're ready for a relationship, I don't believe just because you have commitment issues that's going to happen, you know, stay with you the rest of your life. You can make a decision that you want a relationship and that's a done deal and you could get that. You know, I believe that. And I think that's where you're at. So I think it's exciting because, you know, that means that that relationship is around the corner. And I'd love to hear about it when you meet that girl, woman. Well, thank you. So, no, thank you. Thank you for calling in again and being so honest. But I look forward to our third call when maybe you met somebody. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. All right. So keep us posted. Thanks so much for calling in again. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, Lance. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.